Sentai Brothers. This is episode four of You to a Kaku Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. It's beautiful out. Beautiful. Just went to the the fall, farmer's market. Beautiful, which was delightfully afternoon. yeah, drama free. I know, we're fall now, and it feels like fall. It's like, it's nice and cool. We had a ton of rain, but I'm cool with that, because the summer was crazy dry. You know what I found out this past week about uh, the changing of the seasons, and as they are, like, marked by different areas of the world? Nope, I do not know. Uh, So we, of course, do it according to the, like, equinoxes and solstices, right? Yeah, I guess, sure. That makes Uh, makes sense. That I mean, that's that is it. Like, if you look okay, up like, yeah, the right day on. of the like autumnal equinox, that is the first day of fall. Um, but um, according to our friends over at Ranger Danger in Australia, they are just like in three month chunks. So I mean, obviously they're flipped because they're on the southern hemisphere. But like their spring is September, October, November, and their oh, okay. summer is like December, January, February, I guess. Um, which. Like, when they said that, it's like, oh, that makes tons of sense. Uh, but that is not what we do. Uh, so I, we're okay, like, listen, I know I know that it's super, and, like, it absolutely makes sense because they're just, you know, like, their whole universe is flipped because they live on the upside-down part of the world. But, like, the idea that spring is in September, October, November, or whatever you, it was you just said, is, like, I have a real hard time wrapping my head around that for some reason like what no that's that's backwards that's yeah. the opposite like mentally it makes tons of sense but like experientially Ex- I yeah i have no that's very weird to me anyway but that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about ninja sentai kaki ranger dave today we're talking about and watching uh episode four the yokai policeman but before we get into that shining in the heavens dave there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is that I have a three-day weekend this week for a kind of unusual reason. Okay. So this weekend, well, sorry, not this weekend, this uh, this upcoming week, Monday and Tuesday, is the uh, Jewish High Holy Day Rosh Hashanah, right? Right. And so I have Monday off of school. Like, it is a school holiday for me because... <laughs> Like, the community that I teach in now is, like, the the school is, like, 80% African-American, right? Mm -hmm. But that's only been true for the past maybe, like, eh, like, 25, maybe 30 years. And before that, the community was, like, almost entirely Jewish. Oh, Okay. And it's like the school population was like 70% Jewish or something. And so like all the high holy, it's just like, well, they were like, it's like the first day of deer hunting in Pennsylvania. They're like, nobody's going to be in school anyways. So we may as well just right, right. give everybody the day off. So it's it's been on the books for like, I don't know, like a hundred years or something that like, oh yeah, the school that I teach in just has, we have uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur off. But but like the school population now is like maybe three percent Jewish, <laughs> and so there's just but there's just a bunch of black kids who know when the Jewish High Holy Days are. So they're they're just like yeah, this weekend's Rosh Hashanah. All right, it's hilarious. Nice. Oh, by the <laughs> way, uh, Dave wasn't kidding. If you are not from Pennsylvania or know people in Pennsylvania, uh, the state oh yeah, of, like public schools in the state of Pennsylvania. Most of them get the first day of deer hunting season off as a holiday. Yeah, they're just like nobody. Nobody's going to be in school. It is pointless to pay teachers to be here. Uh, so just everybody gets the day off. Like we know that you're not going to be here. Just go kill those deer. Just get them. Um. So what, Matt? What is our? So I'm really looking forward to that. That nice long weekend. So what, Matt, is our second star of the week? Uh, Second star of the week, Dave, is speaking of our friends down under, uh, yesterday, 
on uh, National Podcast Day, we uh, recorded a special episode. Well, okay, it wasn't a special episode. It was just an episode of their show with them. We were uh, on it. That's special. I'm, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it was special to us because we're not usually on that show. Um, we sat down with them and we watched the third episode of Power Rangers Zeo, which... Dude, I mean, listen, if you want to get our full, uh, the full experience of us having just watched Power Rangers Zeo episode three, you will have to listen to that episode when it drops in a couple of weeks, because they are actually, like, ahead of schedule, unlike us, who are recording this, like, three days before it drops on iTunes. I'm just so impressed that they managed to get that far ahead, man. I can't handle that. The idea, like, anyways, it's, dude, that show is not... Like, we've talked about it before, about how much better Super Sentai is than Power Rangers, but I don't watch a lot of Power Rangers, and so I didn't have, like, a real firm grasp on how true that was. Well, okay, it's it's true for a certain quality of good, you know? like yeah, that's I okay, think, that's a good point. I, I don't want to be too rough on Power Rangers, because, like, Power Rangers is its own sort of weird, magical thing, you know? Uh, and, like, what they managed to do with slicing together, like, old footage and new footage and making an entirely separate show around it. And, like, yeah, of course. Sometimes it's cheesy. Sometimes it's poorly done. But, like, there is a sort of special magic to Power Rangers that, like, is not the same as the weird special magic to Super Sentai. No, that's definitely true. I think the big difference... And, and I've, I've been thinking about this for a while because I did watch... We've I've watched a handful of episodes of Power Rangers... Here, I think, is the big difference. Super Sentai, as goofy and, like, weird and strange as it is, which, like, it is goofy and weird and strange. Like, that's literally the fuel for this entire endeavor. Right. But, like, Super Sentai takes itself seriously in a way I think that Power Rangers does not. Um, yeah. I might like, I would they, go along with like, that. Like, they're yeah, doing a goofy thing, but they're, like... But they do take doing that goofy thing very seriously, it seems. Whereas Power Rangers, I don't get that vibe so much. At least in the sort of like Zordon Angel Grove era of Power Rangers. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, I didn't mention it yesterday. I'd never thought about the fact until yesterday that the dude's name is Zordon and the robots are just called Zords. Really? Well, I mean, okay, sorry. I thought about that, that like, oh yeah, Zordon, Zords, they're obviously connected. But presumably, Zordon named the Zords? Which is like, how big of an ego do you have to have? It's as though if I were the mentor of the show, and it's just like, David, how do we like defeat the monster? It's like, oh, well, you'll just pilot the Daves. Just pilot the Dave bots, and that those will help you. Like... It's a little on the nose, Zordon. Dude, That's all I'm saying. Listen, Zordon is all about building that brand. <laughs> Very brand conscious. So yeah, it was a tons of fun. If for some reason you're not already listening to Ranger Danger, you really should be listening to Ranger Danger. Those guys are hilarious. Uh, yeah, uh, and we will probably mention it again when the episode drops, but it's going to be in like, well, I think they said three or four weeks. Yeah, something like that. So uh, what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Third star of the week, Dave, is uh, Shining in the Heavens, There Are Seven Cowboys. Oh, my gosh. Dude, we saw the new Magnificent Seven. And listen, is it a classic of Western cinema? By Western, do I mean, like, I mean both, like, you know, Western culture and, like, Western Western and Westerns, right. Uh, no, it's not. It's a fun it is cowboy not. action movie with a couple of standout performances. But, like, boy, that cowboy action is fun. Dude, that movie that movie was super good. I did not first of all, I did not know that Vincent D'Onofrio was going to be in it. Cuz like I just wasn't paying a ton of attention cuz they were really selling right. like Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt, which I could get it. Chris Pratt has a lot of heat right now, not without good reason. I really like Chris Pratt. Sure. And Denzel Washington is like crazy famous. But Vincent D'Onofrio was an unexpected highlight of that movie. His character was fantastic. Dude, you know who else I loved in that movie was Ethan Hawke. I, yeah. like, I forget how much I like Ethan Hawke until I see a movie with him in it. Like, yes, dudes, Ethan Hawke I absolutely hear you. You know who else I love that I kind of forget that I love sometimes is uh, Josh Hartnett. I really like Josh Hartnett. He wasn't in that movie. I was just thinking about it. Because in my head, like Josh Hartnett and Ethan Hawke are like cousins, which I know they're not related at all. They just have like a similar vibe for me. Okay. So, yeah, Magnificent Seven was 
It was really, really good. Was it? Okay. It wasn't as good as the original. Oh, no. But here's what I will say. I give them a lot of credit because I feel like they did not exactly try to like remake the Magnificent Seven. Which if the, I would have liked it, I think, a lot less had they just tried to remake The Magnificent Seven. Yeah, because like it is the same... Like There are seven similar archetypes in the movie. Yeah, but, like, like, they're, they're not pretty the same close. characters. They don't have the same No, they're definitely not. Uh, you know what I felt like it was? It felt to me more like they made another Western that was also based on The Seven Samurai. Yes. Okay, yeah, you know what that it, makes like, a lot it, of sense. Yeah, it wasn't a remake of The Magnificent Seven. It was another movie, it was another Western that was about that same idea with like a handful of similarities. Like, you know, Denzel Washington's character dresses all in black like Yul Brenner and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and like Chris Pratt's character is a gambler like Steve McQueen's was. Yeah, and there was a dude with like a knife, and they did, they did the knife scene. They did the knife scene at the beginning where, oh, the, the, oh my the gosh. The gun versus knife like quick draw contest. Oh my gosh, it was so good. I was really afraid that they weren't going to do it, and they did. Oh, they did the, it so good. I know. The, like, okay, there was one... You should absolutely go see the movie if you haven't already seen it. It was it was fantastic. Even our little sister who doesn't particularly like Westerns. Okay, I'm actually going to take that back. She didn't think she liked Westerns. It turns out, like all right-thinking people, she does like Westerns. She just had like a weird block because she had seen like one bad movie. Well, she was thought, thinking primarily of like John Wayne movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like... I don't love John Wayne, but no, it's like you got to have John Wayne first. You know. He's the Duke, but sure. But like outside of was, True Grit, is he like? Are those movies actually good? Uh, one thing I one last thing that I will say about the Magnificent Seven is that the theme music to the Magnificent Seven. Hot dang! Oh, it's so it's good, so Dude, good. Okay, so I have I I I bought it on the iTunes and I have it on my phone. And here are things that I have discovered recently uh, are way cooler if you do them while listening to the Magnificent Seven theme. Uh, is your list just everything? Well, if your here, list isn't everything... Well, so I, far, here are the things that I have done. I have <laughs> uh, gone to the laundromat. Feel, Dude, you will never feel cooler walking into that laundromat than if you're listening to that cowboy music. Um, driving to work in the morning... And also, uh, if you take that theme music and you set it as your alarm clock tone, like, dude, you wake up pumped. <laughs> Those trumpets come in and you are just ready to go. No, that wow, I'm going to try that. That's a fantastic idea. So, Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So, fourth star of the week, Matt, uh, hot, hot takes on stuff that's been out for friggin' ever. The I've just been playing the side scrolly Assassin's Creed China game oh, because dude, it was that, it was free on yes. Xbox One. Oh, dude. Okay, like I love Assassin's Creed, anyways, and I, I hadn't picked these games up. There's three of them. There's a Russian one, an Indian one, and a Chinese one. Okay, Isn't and they're all certain like a, sort like, of different eras. Cajun one. That there is that, but that is a lot closer to. Like a, a full-on Assassin's Creed game. Oh, okay. That is like a 3D, you're like wandering around and, and doing stuff. And this is not. This is a 2D side-scroller Assassin's Creed game. Which, okay, first, I, I didn't pick them up because I was a little like, eh, you know, like, are these going to be actually cool games or are they just going to be kind of like money grabs to like hold over some Assassin's Creed thing? But it was free and it's so good that I think I'm going to go back and buy the other ones. Yeah, they're yeah. just like... It's a ton of fun, and I had forgotten, to be honest, how much I really like action side-scrollers. Dude, like, action really like them. especially like action platforming side-scrollers, are so great. And this is a really good one. It and is. The degree so, to which they are able to translate like the sneaking around and assassinating people things from like a big open-world game into a side-scrolling platformer is really remarkable. I, yeah, I am genuinely impressed at how sneaky this game feels, but not in like a frustrating way, which no, I really, really like. Because what's really uh, great about it is that like everything that you would be interacting with that would like ruin your sneakiness. So like people's 
fields of vision and like things that you can knock into that would make noise. Everything is very clearly labeled on the screen. Yeah, so there's no like, oh crap, I was I guess I was too close, whatever. You're just like, oh, okay, nope, I saw where that guy did it and I can kind of maneuver around it. And the spots between like reset points where you can reset back to are pretty short. And mm-hmm. so you're never like rolling through 15 minutes of gameplay and you like flub it at the end and you're like, oh, well, now I got to go redo it. Uh, you know, like they're all pretty short and the gameplay is like fun and fluid and they are, there's a number of different things that they add in kind of slowly over the course of the game. I think you can still get it for free on Xbox One if, if that's a thing that you do. It's, it's just it's really good. Yeah, it's a very fun game, dudes. So I'm looking forward to getting the other two. I don't know what's going to be like cool and interesting about them. I did actually just see about the Assassin's Creed series that they're going to they're gonna take a year off. They're not putting out a new Assassin's Creed game, I think, in 2017. Really? You know, honestly, yeah. that's good. They have been making... Well, like, I love that series. They make too many of those games. Yeah, well, what they said is they're just like, you know what, we've been cranking them out so fast... Like, sort of. Like, they've got a couple different studios. So each game does take, like, a number of years. But, like, they're like, we've been putting them out on such a tight schedule. We want to take a year and sort of, like, stop and recollect and sort of, like, look at, like, what's cool and what's not. And how can we sort of, like, move these games uh, for the more, you know, kind of, like, into the future and also in a like, more solid way. And also, like, players catch up. Because, like, yeah, like I have has not to... had a chance to play the last few just because I haven't had time. Uh, but yeah, so, and also all oh, the movies coming out with, with Assassin's Creed. I love Michael Fassbender. I love Assassin's Creed. I'm stoked about that movie. Dude, trailer looks so good. Dave, it does look so good. things that look so, so good, what is our fifth and final star of the week? Luke Cage? Luke Cage. Oh man, it's so good, you guys. Okay, so Luke Cage came out yesterday. So I'm on, we're both only three episodes in, and by the time this episode comes out... The sh- like, it won't have been on Netflix for a full week yet. So we're not going to say much of anything that would, like, ruin anything for you. So don't worry about that. Oh, my God. Like, I, I fully expected it. Here's the th- only thing with these Netflix series. They're setting the bar so high. Like, the first season of Daredevil was amazing. Jessica Jones was amazing. Second season of Daredevil was also amazing. Luke Cage is amazing. Like, I just feel like the pressure's got to be really high on these dudes to produce this series. I feel really bad for the dudes who are, like, planning to make Iron Fist. Because, like, listen, Iron Fist is one of my favorite dudes. But, like, man, there must be so, so much riding on that. For real. Um, So, Luke Cage is... It's fan- guys, it's so good. It's fantastic. Yeah, listen, okay, if you saw Jessica Jones, you know that um what's his name? Michael Coulter? Yeah. Um is fantastic as Luke Cage. In this show, he continues to be fantastic he ju- as Luke Cage. Yeah, he just continues to be killer. Misty the Knight's su- in this show. I love Misty, Misty Knight. Knight. Oh my gosh. So the whole sh- like the supporting cast is fantastic. Everybody's really good. Which really is, I think, one of the like crowning achievements of the Marvel Netflix shows is how good the supporting casts all are. Yeah. You know what I'm kind of waiting for is... Because, okay, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is on uh, ABC, right? Yeah. NBC. Which ABC. is on NBC. ABC. ABC. Is tied into, like, pretty firmly the Marvel Comics universe. Like, the cinematic universe, right? Sorry. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. But the Netflix shows do not seem to be like they're they're all tied into each other, and like there's a degree to which it makes sense, and like they reference some of the stuff that happens in the cinematic universe. Yeah, so like they say it just enough that you can be like, okay, these people like this is the same New York that got invaded by aliens in the Avengers movie. Yes, but I I am waiting for them to sort of like start blending things in a little bit more, and I think we might get it when we hit Defenders. That's my sort of like low key prediction is that when we get the combo series with all of these characters, that's when we're going to start seeing them tied in like we, just, a, just a little bit more. We might. Although, honestly, one of the things I really like about the Netflix series is that like they all take place in New York City and they're all like street-level characters, but they also all manage to feel like very unique and set apart from each other. 
Like they definitely yes. take place in yeah, the same yeah, yeah. city, but like definitely you know, different like, parts of that same city. Like the color, the sounds, the music, like the people, it all just feels different in a yeah, way oh that my is gosh. very impressive. The soundtrack for Luke Cage is so good cuz like what they're doing with it is it's kind of like a it's like a neo-funk black exploitation thing going on. Dude, I, I wish that I was cool enough of a person to recognize half of the music in Luke Cage. I just know that it's very Oh, good. yeah, no. I'm not nearly hip enough to recognize it. All I know is that I hear it and I'm just like, yup, that's real cool. And like once every three episodes, I'm like, oh, that's Wu-Tang. Okay. Right. <laughs> but yeah, man, like the, the filming of it is great. The, the dialogue is great. Um, it is a bit, I think it's a bit raw, or maybe it's just raw in a way that like I am less accustomed to than the other series are, but it's like pretty intense, but oh yeah, dude. hot, hot dang, this show is so good. Anyway, so that's just so, a sort of general blanket approval in a couple of weeks after we've both had a chance to watch it all the way through. And you and guys have hopefully had a chance to watch well, it. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it more, but. That's it for for today. Man, let's watch some Super Sentai. Let's do it, bud. We're going to watch episode four, The Yokai Policeman, and we'll be right back. Ninja, ninja. All right, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode four, The Yokai Policeman. Dave, this show is getting good. This show is so good. <laughs> okay, I, I'm going to be honest, man. There is a degree to which this show, like our show, is getting a little bit harder to do because Sentai is just getting cooler. Like, okay, this is this episode is full of goofy stuff, and it was a ton of fun, and I loved it, but it's not quite, like, as insano. Like, it's just, it's getting cooler and radder as the years progress, which is making our job a lot tougher. Dude, if we do this show long enough that we get to, like, you know, the more modern era stuff, or if we ever jump around, like, dude, trying to do this with, like, Shinkenja or Gokaiger or whatever, like, it's going to be tough to keep the goofs going. Well, okay, we are in luck. Uh, we will literally never, we could do this show, I'm sure, the rest of our lives and never run out of stuff to do, because we're, like, 30 years behind, Oh, assuming think- that they never stop making Super Sentai, which seems to be what will probably be the case. Right. We and they both make a new episode of this thing every week. So we're just never going to catch up. <laughs> so, all right, man. Let's just talk about Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Okay. So as we start off, uh, we are in a restaurant and Seikai and Saizo are hanging out. And Seikai, because he is the Yellow Ranger, is eating plate after plate of curry rice. Oh, I forgot. Man. Nice cut, Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. I forgot that Seikai was the Yellow Ranger, and so I did not put that together. That's awesome. Dude, I don't know what... Okay, I do know what it is, because like in the first episode of Go Ranger, which is the first show, yeah. that Yellow Ranger is crazy for curry rice. But then uh, Raita is crazy for curry rice. Uh, he yeah, I think it's just... Right, I think it's just a thing. Like... The Yellow Ranger loves curry rice, and I love that that is a thing. It's such like a fun minor callback. It happens in uh, the first episode of Gokaiger, too. Oh, yeah? yeah? Nice. So this week's monster is Azukiarai, I think is how it's pronounced. I'm just going to call him Azu for short, because again, we're going to say this name like a kajillion times. I'm going to try so- to say Azukiarai, because I don't actually, now that, I'm, now that I wrote it down and practiced a few times, I think I can do it. All right, well, listen, I'm, I'm going to push myself. I'll push myself. Uh, you know, you want to challenge yourself to be ever more professional, I guess? Anyways, sure, man. so Azukirai, he is the yokai policeman that we saw in the last episode. Yes, and he is a garbage can. Yes, well, he is... I'm not sure how they made the jump to garbage can because the Azukirai from folklore and mythology is like an old man-looking, like, hunchbacked kind of looking monster right. who sits at the riverside and washes azuki beans, which I, I don't know what those beans are, but the, the sound it makes is like, which is why his catchphrase is like, shoki, shoki, shoki. Yeah, and then like, but if, then like, if that sound draws you down to the river, he then like drowns or murders you in some way. Yeah, or like you just fall in and die or something. I'm not totally sure. 
I'm not really. It's like a wisp with bean sounds. Yep. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure how that translates to like a garbage can monster, but it sure does. Maybe it's like so, meant to like have translated into the sound of like trash rattling around in a can. Oh, yeah, right on. So he pops up out of the garbage can like gr- not, no, not Groucho Marx, Os- Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Groucho Marx. Oscar the Oscar the Grouch <laughs> So he pops out of this can. And the lid of the garbage can is like his hat. Kind of. Like it's part of his head, but it looks like his hat. It's like this and cool it actually, wide-brimmed hat look. It's very neat. It actually is really neat looking. I think there is a traditional style of, of Japanese hat that looks sort of like that, but I don't remember what it's called. And on, but on, on his, his on his face, we forehead, just say this? Yeah. Yeah. On his forehead, is it like carved into his forehead it's it might I think be it, he so carved into this dude's forehead it just says welcome to jailhouse yeah it's weird it's also because yeah, it doesn't I, actually say jailhouse it's like the letter j in quotations and then old house yeah man i'm not i don't, I don't get it so so we go, and he's like, I'll get you guys. So we go back to Seikai and Saizo, and they're walking down the street after having left the restaurant. And like this pretty girl walks by them. And Seikai is just like, oh, what? No way. So he turns around and like chases after this woman to like hit on her, I would assume. But she has already crossed the street and he is jaywalking to chase after her. And Azukirai shows up in a cop car, like in his human form. And starts to arrest Seikai, like, for jaywalking. And he's like, whoa, 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 this is absurd. Like, I've never heard of being arrested for jaywalking. Saizo runs up and says, dude, like, I get it, but this is a bit extreme. You can't arrest him for jaywalking. At which point, (laughs) Azukirai is like, oh, are you trying to interfere with police activity? Then you're also under arrest, jerk. Yeah, (laughs) so they're like, what? And so Seikai and Saizo just run. Like, that's their plan. They're like, we're just going to boogie. So they're running. A whole bunch of other cops arrive. And then we get this chase scene. And they're, like, running through the street and, like, knocking stuff over. And every time the rangers, like, either knock stuff over or knock a person over, Azuki or I, like, yells after them, like, whatever offense they have committed. Like, public destruction of property, assaulting a minor. Yeah, like, it, it escalates. So as they're running down the street, like... Saizo bumps into a pile of crates and the crates fall over. And they're like, ah, that's destruction of public property. And then they keep running and Seikai like bowls over a little kid who just like falls over. It's like, ah, like that's assault of a minor. And then we go inside a house where a family is eating dinner. I have what the heck? <laughs> so they- <laughs> and Seikai and Saizo burst through the wall and just run through these people's house. <laughs> they like apologize, which is cool, I guess. But they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then like 10 cops run through the wall after them. So they finally, like, they're running, running, and then they finally get cornered in an alley. And Seikai sort of like boosts Saizo up over the wall. And Saizo goes to like grab his hand and pull him up too, but it's too late. And the cops have caught up with Seikai, and Seikai is arrested. And we, we flash over, like, you know, just kind of like a little off screen. And there is a kid, like a, he's like maybe like 10 or something. And he sees Seikai get arrested. Okay. okay. Here's what I want to talk about with this scene, Dave. Is that we know that Izukirai is a yokai, right? But yeah, we know that. Seikai and Saizo don't. Seikai and Saizo just decided to run from the cops. Well, they're ninjas, Matt. Ninjas are outside the law. Ish. I, listen, all Which, I know is that these two guys, these two dudes have just decided like, oh, no, 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 no. We are not going to deal with this inside the system. We are going to be fugitives from justice. Okay, the next thing I just thought of is that this wall, like, listen, I couldn't probably get up this wall, but these dudes are super ninjas. 
this wall should not have posed a problem for them. Like, there's no reason for Seikai to have gotten caught here. Well, actually, I'm going to take that back. It's not clear if the Ninja Rangers have, like, to what degree they have superpowers when they are not Henge, when they are not, like, in their superhero forms. Like, we know for yes, a fact that... although we'll, like, we'll actually get a little bit of that later on in this episode. Yeah, like, we know that, like, the Jetmen, for example, absolutely had superpowers when they were not transformed. But I'm not sure what the deal is with the Ninja Rangers, like, at least as of yet. So, this kid sees it, and then we flash to the other Rangers, like, everybody but Seikai, and they're at Nekamaru, and Sasuke is yelling at Saizo, and he's just like, what the heck? Being a Kaku Ranger is all about teamwork. Like, I can't believe you left him behind. And Saizo's just like, dude, he, like, we were trying to do it. He just got caught. Like, this is not, this is not really my fault. And so Sasuke is very mad at him. Uh, Tsurihime sort of breaks it up between the two of them and says, there's this great little moment that's like, throwing in a moral for the episode while still letting it go on. She's like, well, jaywalking is very bad, like kids at home. Um, but but this is but still... But that's insane. Yeah, like he should not have gotten arrested for this. That's bananas. Yeah, and then Jiraiya says, well, we need to go rescue him. In English. Oh, okay, okay. So here, I, I want to interject here. So Dave, uh, I want to issue yeah. a formal apology. You were right, I was wrong. Uh, this actor was... I don't know if he, like, lives in America, but he was definitely born in America, and he speaks English, like, perfectly. Oh. Okay, right on. Now, here well, I is, accept your apology. here's the jam with this dude. His name, the actor, is uh, Kane uh, Kosugi, I think it is. Yeah, okay. Kane Kosugi. Um, or Kane Kosugi, I honestly don't know. Um, I was assuming Kane, but if he's it's American, probably it Kane, be Kane. But, but that is an enormous bummer. Um, I hope he goes by Kane in America. So uh, this dude, uh, not only was he an actor in this show, he was also an actor in one of the Ultraman shows. And also, this guy was like a really big deal in the early days of the uh, Ninja Warrior show. Like no kidding. Like before Ninja Warrior was American Ninja Warrior, back when it was just called like Sasuke and was Ninja Warrior in Japan. Yeah. He was like a celebrity dude who did it every year and did like, I don't think he ever won. But he was, like, really good. He never fell on the first stage. Uh, I think he got all the way to the last stage once. No like, way. This That's dude awesome. was rad. So um, this dude is a legit ninja Yeah. So here is the deal. That's, um, yo, that's real cool. <laughs> so he is born in America, and he does speak English. But it does still sound weird. And I got some Twitter buzz from our listeners. And apparently... The deal is, and I'm sorry I don't have it pulled up. I think I got some of this from Raymond. I got some of it from Weed Lord Vegeta. And I got some of it from, um, what's his name? Uh, at Livebird555. Uh, so the deal is that, like, he is speaking English. But the reason that it looks and sounds a little weird is that it's all, like, dialogue that has been recorded afterwards and added into it. So I think it's him saying it. But not yeah, that makes sense. in the moment, which is why, like, if you look at his lips, it doesn't, like, quite line up. Oh, uh, okay. So and, he's probably, what, like, speaking Japanese in the scene itself, and no, then they I mean, dub he, in him speaking even, English afterwards? He might even be speaking English in the show. But the thing is that, like, the other people who are making the show aren't all English speakers. So, like, the directors and the writers and, like, the people doing the dubbing aren't, which is why, even though he's speaking English properly... That might be like those factors might contribute to when we as native uh, English okay. speakers see it, like it like doesn't quite yeah that like makes sense. the wording might be a little weird because like a non-native speaker wrote it. The like performance might be a little weird because like a non-native speaker is the director, you know, stuff like that. No, that totally makes sense because, like, even if you watch British television, whenever they have an American character, it never sounds right. Yeah, because they get the accent down, but the way that they speak is like it's like a British way that they're, you know what I'm saying? Like they speak their sentence structure and wording is like a Brit, but with an American accent, and it never sounds quite right. Right, right, right. So, so that is unless so, guys, unless you have like further information on that, that is just what I'm going to assume is true. Um, again, uh, if we're wrong, feel free to offer, offer uh, suggestions and corrections. But that is, I think, where we are with this dude. So he says this in English, and everybody else is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this was like a huge thing last episode that they're just like, we don't speak English. You need to speak Japanese. I guess they've all just learned English now. They're very quick learners. I, it's a ninja power. So Tsuruhime basically says, listen, we've got to go get him. And Sasuke's like, eh, like, I don't know. And Tsuruhime's like, well, listen, I'm going. You nerds can come along if you want. Which sort of like shames Sasuke into doing it. So they all show up. All four of the rangers show up at the police station. And they're like, ah, we should go and like talk to him and figure out what's going on. Sasuke is like, I'm not great with police. I don't really want to do it. And then and they, I, it yeah, just kind of gets like passed it, it goes out. down the line. Because it's like, <laughs> hey, Saizo, you should do it. He's like, ah, I really shouldn't do it. Like, not only am I also not great with police. Like, he doesn't say this, but like, they were just chasing me this afternoon. So maybe <laughs> right. I shouldn't be the one. Uh, I forget what Tsuruhime's dodge is, and then Jiraiya's just like, I don't speak Japanese, except he definitely does. Um, what's really fun about this scene is that they are being like sneaky and furtive, and they are hiding behind something, but the thing that they're hiding behind is Nekumaru, who is a giant living <laughs> like cat-themed crepe truck. Like, if you... I cannot imagine that hiding behind that thing will not draw attention by anyone. So, so while they're hiding, the same kid that we saw before comes up and he says, dude, guys, he's like, I don't know you guys, but let me tell you something about this police station. Those dudes, those cops are all yokai, which seems like a weird thing for him to know. But then we flashed them all in the truck inside Nakamaru. And he says, I know he's like, my dad was the chief of police at that station. And he somehow figured out that one of the cops was a yokai and and then like he disappeared and like and so all of the cops in there are yokai oh by the way this little kid uh did you catch his name dave uh, you know what they mentioned it like one time and i didn't and i didn't catch it like it was they like, only referred to him by name one time it's like shingo or something it's something like yeah, that it's something like that anyway he's wearing a sweatshirt that says canadian on it yeah i did notice that which i got a big kick out of so here's what they say. They're like, we are going to have to sneak into the station to rescue Sekai. And oh, Sasuke's the way, have like, we, have we talked about what's going on in the station yet? No, we haven't gotten there yet. This is all sort of happening before that, before we get there. And everybody is down except Sasuke. He's like, no, he's like, there's, there's, this is a trap. There's got to be a better way to do this. I'm, I'm not down for this plan. But the other three are like, no, we definitely have to do this. So we go from there into the station where Seikai is being, I, I guess, interrogated. Yeah. And so, like, Azukarai is saying, like, ah, you've done all of these things. Uh, it's very serious offense. The only, good, the only thing that will settle this is the death sentence. That should be appropriate <laughs> for you. And Seikai's like, whoa. He's like, no, you've got it. That's insane. You can't possibly mean that. And Azukirai just pulls out his gun and puts it to Seikai's temple. Like, oh yeah, I'm sentencing you to death and it's happening right now. And Seikai just like runs up and throws open the window and starts shouting like, please help me. Oh God, what is happening? And then Azukirai like comes up behind him, like drags him away and then shuts the window while laughing. So flash to that night at the station uh, this is, oh my gosh, this is so good. So it's just like, it's all dark and we just see Tsuruhime, Saizo, and Seika, and, uh, Jiraiya. Jiraiya, sorry. In like full ninja garb, like running along the street, doing like the ninja run yeah, where, you know, yeah, like, like one hand is in like front of their face. Ground. Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh. And so they run up to the police station. They've got grappling hooks. Oh, dude, they got it all. And they like they scale the side of the building. And then it's red because the whole thing is shot not in like... They did a really cool job with it, actually, because it's not shot in like TV dark, where it's actually not dark at all. You know what I mean? Like you see someone asleep on TV and they're in bed and it is it, like there's a light on. It's just a blue light, and that's supposed to mean that it's dark. Right, right, right. It's actually just dark, so they're kind of hard to see, and they're like, except when they kind of walk into these patches of light, and they're just ninjaing around this police station. It's amazing. So it's 
they're going along and they get into a hallway and then like the end of Bill and Ted in the police station a trash can falls out of nowhere um onto the ground but inside this trash can is a zukirai yeah and so they like he pops out they hang gay and then uh, he Dave, just sorry, nails real quick they super hang gay oh yes <laughs> i apologize they super hang gay so they super hang gay and then, but the fight is like three seconds long because Azukirai just traps them in phantom garbage can. That's his like opening technique. Although there is a brief moment before this happens where the Dorodoros come out, but they're not. Oh yeah. Like they they all have cop uniforms on over their like Dorodoro like monster uh, suits. <laughs> it's awesome. about that? So. Dude, I love it anytime that like the minions are dressed up on top of just having their regular outfits. Like when they were like baseball players for that one episode of Die Ranger. Like it's just always great. So uh, Azuki Arai does. I'm not sure. It seems at first like it's supposed to be some sort of illusion technique. But then they are in fact trapped in this giant garbage can. So I'm not totally sure what the deal is. Maybe it so, is like something to do with the Azuki Arai like drawing you down to the river and having you fall in. Oh, maybe. Like maybe it's Yeah, that would work. That. It seems so, kind of related. So it, like, miniaturizes the rangers and traps them in a garbage can. And then he just carries them out to his police car and tosses them in the trunk. And he says, like, ah, should I, like, grind beans tonight or eat these humans? It's like, ah, I go either way. But the best part is, is he then just gets in the car and drives away. And so the cop car is just being driven by this horrifying garbage can monster. I do not know how he fit in there with that head. I have no idea. I would assume, well, whatever. So the kid... The police chief's kid from before sees this all happen, follows the car. I think, or it looks like he's going to follow the car on the bike. He doesn't. He's gone to find Sasuke. So then, so we flip to the next scene, and it's the kid and Sasuke like outside Nekamaru, I think. Yeah, and the kid is saying like, "Listen, your friends all got captured. You need to go save them. I don't know why you weren't there helping them to begin with. Like, this is all your fault. Like, you big jerk. Now my dad is going to die." Yeah, and Sasuke, like, he tries to pass off this weak lie. He's like, oh, I knew that it was a trap, and so, like, I held myself in reserve to save them later. And the kid's like, well, yeah, but how are you going to save them by yourself? You're just one dude. And Sasuke's like, no way, man. I'm I'm on it. And now I guess he is, like, more committed to the team or something, I guess. So we go to the yokai bar, which... Heads up, like, remember we saw the yokai bar in, like, the first episode, and there was, like, a like a go-go dancer, effectively? Mm-hmm. Uh, that lady is apparently just a permanent fixture. The yokai bar just has a go-go dancer that hangs out in, like, the middle of the bar on, like, a little platform. And just sort of, like, gently swishes back and forth and does, a like, a stray high kick here and there. Yeah, it's a very... Well, I guess it if, just doesn't. Listen, it doesn't you, seem to if match. If you never left that stage, eventually your dancing would become very minimal. Oh yeah, no, I'm not faulting this lady's dancing. I'm just saying it seems a little incongruous. Especially, you know, what's weird is that she's totally human. I think that's the part to me that's that's strange about it. Right? Like if, if she, she were like a weird, exactly. If she were like a crazy monster dancer, I'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But she's not. She's just a person, and there's all these like horrifying monsters just chilling out around her. So we're in the yokai bar. Uh, the rangers are trapped. They're like tied up to a pillar, and someone's like, one of them, I forget which, is like, well, Sasuke will rescue us. And Tsuruhime's like, mm, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not sure about this Sasuke yet. Like, this might be, like, this might not be cool. As cool as we hope it will be. And then <laughs> Azuki or I comes out, and he's like, guys, fellow yokai. This is amazing. We're going to get those scrolls back. We captured for the Kaku Rangers. I just finished washing some beans. He might not actually say that. <laughs> uh, tonight, we're just going to get turned. Right. We are, like Andrew WK, we are going to party hard. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we go. So they just start partying. We go from there. Next scene, Nakamaru drives up to the bar the next morning. Yeah. It is no longer nighttime. So, what has Sasuke been doing this whole time? Dude, your, your friends are trapped in the yokai bar. 
Who knows how much time they have? Well, maybe, Dave. Maybe he was busy mastering his incredible ninja techniques that we are about to see. Oh, yeah. Because he just walks up outside the bar (laughs) with zero explanation. This dude has been a ninja for like three days. And he just raises his hands above his head and makes like one of the ninja hand seals and drops it down. And then dude just turns into a fly. Yeah, he just transforms into a bug and flies inside. So he flies inside and then he lands and then like transforms back into a person, but with a yokai disguise on. He's got like a crazy wig and fake horns and like a weird robe thing. Like pointy ears and like his pants are a bunch of different colors. Yeah, and uh, and like some face paint. So he walks over to the rangers and they're just like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? Like what's, like what horrifying monster are you? And he's like, no, 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 guys, it's cool. Like it's me, it's Sasuke. And he's like, I got a plan. And then... Azukire walks over and he's like, while he's standing right next to the other four Kaka Rangers, says, mm, something isn't right. Something smells like a human. It's like, dude, you're literally standing by four people that you know for a fact are humans. I don't know why that's new for you. Like, how is that telling you that, 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 like, that Sasuke yeah, is a dude? That did occur to me as well. But maybe it's just like there's a fresh human smell or yeah, yeah maybe, sure. That makes sense. Like, maybe when you're dressed as a ninja, you smell differently than a standard human. Listen, I'd be willing to believe anything at this point. Uh, yeah, I will believe literally anything about ninjas. Like, sure, I don't. So, <laughs> so he's like, hey, who are like, you and where are you from? And Sasuke's like, oh, I'm a yokai. Here's definitely my name. a yokai, one hundred percent. And I am from Hawaii. <laughs> Zuki's like, no, that's definitely not true. Like, there's no way that that's true. Never heard of you. You are a human. So he goes to punch him, and Sasuke like catches a fist, throws it back, and then does the transformation thing where he just like reaches down to one side, and then there's a camera cut, and he's throwing away a disguise of indeterminate nature and proportion away from him, and he's just dressed in his regular clothes. Dude, it is my favorite kind of transformation. It happens... Okay, this is not a joke. In uh, Time Ranger, which maybe we will get to eventually, but in Time Ranger, literally every time they transform into the Rangers, um, uh, they do that. Like, they throw off whatever clothes they are wearing in that fashion, and they're all wearing, like, jumpsuits underneath. Ah, nice. It's awesome. So it doesn't matter what they're wearing. They could be wearing a tux. They could be wearing a dress. They could be wearing like mechanics coveralls. Just everything they wear is like stripper tearaway clothes. (laughs) So they like they're standing there. They're about to fight. And then Azuka is like, no, no, no. He's like, hold up before we fight. And he pulls out the kids, like the actual police chief. He pulls him out. He's got him as a hostage. And he's like, if you attack me, this dude's going to die. So there's a little bit of a standoff happening here. And, and for a moment, I think like, oh, this is, you know, I wonder what they're going to do. What sort of crazy ninja stuff they're going to do. And then from like the side door, the kid runs in and just like runs over and pushes a bunch of the yokai. Just just gives them a, like a light kid shove. They go flying across the room, and the kid and the dad are now safe to run behind the cocky rangers. Yeah, dude, this kid should be the sixth ranger. Like, he's clearly on it. <laughs> so, they superhenge, a fight starts, and Matt, I had, I had an enormous disappointment in this moment. Okay. Because I think it's, uh, I think it's Seikai starts throwing some shuriken. And this show is big on, like, Batman 66-style, like, onomatopoeias, like, flashing up on screen yeah. as things are happening. And as he goes to throw the shuriken, it says, like, shoo-shoo-shoo on, like, on screen, right? Mm-hmm. And I had this moment where I was like, dude, is shuriken supposed, is, like, is that an onomatopoeia word? Like, shri, and it's, like, kind of spinning and, like, whispering through the air, and then it hits something. It's like, ken? Like, like say it, like, shuriken. Like, it kind of no, sounds like what, what would happen. So, is it? And, uh, no, it's not. I, I looked it up, and surely means hand, and Ken means, like, knife or dagger. It just means, like, a dagger in your hand. Oh, well, I Which, mean, that makes a lot more sense, but... Yeah, no, it does. I just was like, that would be super cool if Shuriken was an onomatopoeia. Uh, you know what um, else is super cool is that Jiraiya throws one of those shurikens directly into the forehead of one of the Dorodoros. 
oh man, I was typing something. I missed that. Well, the, the way they kind of do it is it looks as though the Doro Doro tried to like block it. So his hand is like held up to his forehead and the shuriken is like stuck into his hand and theoretically then like threw his hand into his brain. Or like his so brain. he pinned this he pinned this dude's hand to his skull with a shuriken. Yeah, dude, Jiraiya is very cool. <laughs> That's amazing. So, uh, so uh, he then just like shoots a laser at a bunch of dudes. Um, uh, Azukirai goes to attack Sasuke, hits him with his sword. But remember a couple episodes ago when um, Kappa hit uh, Sasuke with the sword, and it turned out that it was like the ninja. Uh, deception, where it's like an empty suit of clothes full of a log. Yeah. Uh, this time, when he gets hit with a sword, it is the ninja cloning technique, and he turns from one Sasuke into two Sasuke's. Dude, this show is so good. I, I am it's... like, I am understanding now why Kakaranger is so popular. This show is rad. Yeah, dudes. So, um, Azukirai realizes that this fight is kind of turning against him, so he runs. So they leave the yokai bar. They're like kind of out in the street. And now we get the most amazing sequence in this in this entire episode. Yeah, dude, this goes like full like sword in the stone wizard fight. So Azukirai transforms into a bird and starts to fly away. Sasuke transforms into a tiny jet <laughs> with tiny machine guns. Tiny jet with tiny machine guns, and so he he like flies after Azukirai. Shoots it with his tiny machine guns. Azukirai transforms back into his normal shape. Summons a bike, like la- like just like a pedal bike. Lands on the pedal bike. Starts to ride away. Saizo is at the end of the lane and says like, "No, no, no!" And then transforms himself into a dump truck and <laughs> just like runs him down. <laughs> After this. Azukirai turns himself for... I'm not sure what the tactic of this is. Because he turns himself into a baseball? And tries to, like, throw him... Like, he flies of his own... Like, he has his own motion. So, I I think he's trying to, like, be small and fly away like a baseball would. But Jiraiya has a baseball glove and catches him. Uh, And then he throws the ball to Seikai. Seikai. Like, hey, home run. Uh, and he does it sort of like half in Japanese. Like, home run is in English, but the rest of the sentence where he says hit a home run is in Japanese. Yeah. Um, Seikai hits the ball. It goes flying, like hits a wall, turns back into a Zukurai, and like collapses in a heap. So he just says like, fine, I'll just go giant then. So he goes giant, and they do, what's it called? They turn into their giant robot forums. Yeah, yeah, but it is uh, generals or whatever. Yes, thank you. So they turn into them and like they're about to start fighting, but Azukurai just pulls out his same like giant suction technique. And so he traps the giant forms of the Ninja Rangers in his garbage can. And then he pulls out a new thing, which is called Hidden Style Ninpo Boiler Boiler, uh, yeah, which is it, just it like just summons he summons a, a fire. Yeah, it summons a campfire and he puts them on the campfire to, to kill them. So we cut and inside like, the garbage can, and they're, like, jumping up and down because the bottom of the garbage can is getting very hot. And Sasuke says, like, no, 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 hold on. We, like, we've got this. It's time for a hidden-style Big Bang Limpo. Um, And we don't see what this is exactly, except that we cut outside the garbage can, and all of a sudden the garbage can explodes, and now they are all standing there regular giant-sized again. Yes, yeah, so... <laughs> that's a bit, like, that's a super interesting technique guys okay so they're like all right we we've got to we've got to get bigger with this and they do their transformation and like transformation combination and they turn into muteki shogun great shogun yes very cool transformation sequence first time we've seen it's a super cool transformation sequence i am really surprised that that they turn that they combine into Muteki Shogun so early in the series. Like we're in episode four. Yeah, I really expected them to sort of pull it out a little bit longer. Now the the okay, here's what I'm having difficulty understanding. So the Great Beast Generals it, that they transform into, like that's them. They've transformed into them, right? We've right. We've already those dudes this. do not exist before the Conquer Rangers turned into them. But then those things combine into Muteki Shogun. 
But the thing who is, we have seen yeah, before predates the giant beast generals. So, like, what was he made out of before? I I have that same note, Matt. I have no answer for you. You know, okay, here here's what I'm gonna have to assume is that the giant beast generals, maybe they don't transform into them. Maybe they, like, merge with them, so it's kind of a transformation, but they did already exist prior to that. Man, maybe? I get, like, that is the only thing that makes sense, because, like, Muteki Shogun clearly exists outside of, like, them turning into the giant beast generals. Right, so, uh, like, the five so... beast generals, like... Yeah, like, they must exist separately, but then, like, become one with the dudes they're not there's not like a cockpit like they become that thing but it's yeah it's actually really separate unit that it's being merged with yeah it's actually really cool because what you see when they do it is they like float up and then just kind of like flow merge backwards into the chest plate of the giant beast general and then like they are just it i guess yeah so so that's so they do that and then (laughs) this is awesome so Azuki is just like, all right, fine. And so he pulls out a sword and he goes and just starts attacking Muteki Shogun. And Muteki Shogun doesn't even respond. Yeah. He just lets Azuki Arai hit him. He just completely no sells it. Um, <laughs> so like these blows are just bouncing off. And then he goes for one more shot and Muteki Shogun just reaches out and grabs the sword with his hand and like tosses Azuki Arai across the field summons his own giant flaming sword or fire sword and just like one shot Suzuki Rai. It's amazing. Dude, it's so good. And this is the first time we've gotten a good look at that sword, like following the, uh, like, you know, like after the kill, this is the first time that we get like a good look at it without fire all over it. And like, it's, it's real rad. It's looking. totally cool. Cause it's curved up at the end. And like the side of the blade is all decorated like flames. It's, awesome looking sword yeah it's rad so so we flash from there to like the final closing scene and sasuke is demanding like body rubs yeah he's like i came from to save the you. other rangers you to give me massages the narrator cuts in he's like ah like will these guys start to get along now um who knows we cut to like a few seconds later where sasuke has fallen asleep on like the little like lawn chair he was sitting on, and the other four are driving away in Nekimaru, and he wakes up. He's like, "Hey, wait! Don't leave me behind!" <laughs> and then we cut back to the ranger, the narrator, and he's like, "Well, I guess they're not getting along, but we'll see what happens next week." And now I'm gonna merge with my desk, and so he just <laughs> kind of like climbs up on his desk and is like, "Ha ha!" As though this is his like ninja transformation. <laughs> it was beautiful. Technique. Uh, so that's the, that's the end of our episode, man. Yeah, dude. So do you, what are your final thoughts on this episode? Man, I, dude, I'm getting real into this show. And I think the thing that I'm digging about it the most, and it's the same thing I've mentioned before, is I was like, I was concerned that it was not going to be as ninja-y as I wanted it to be. I was afraid that it was going to like lean real hard into the Sentai and not into the Ninja. Yeah. And they're not. Like they're just they're really doing the Ninja stuff super hard and I'm super into it and the show is a ton of fun. Okay. So, uh I I feel the same way. Um where do we then put Azukirai on the Creature Royale? Okay. So He's like he's got a pretty he's got kind of a cool look. He's not super effective actually. No. Um I mean he does okay, manage like he to does manage four to... of them, but like he's in two episodes in a row and in the first episode um Jiraiya like breaks out of his cage and steals the scrolls that Azukarai had been trying to stop him from doing that. And in the second yeah. episode he gets beaten and murdered. So you know, like he has a couple of high points in there, but he does not have the sort of success that our other higher ranker ranking monsters do. Yeah, and, and like okay, so but he does look cool. I like his like giant his trash can lit hat. I don't think I like him as much as the Kappa and Rokurokubi. No, and I don't really like like his monster form is cool, but his human form is boring. Yeah, definitely. So 
Let's see. I'm thinking... I'm thinking actually like pretty... Like bottom quarter of the list, I'd say. Yeah, uh, somewhere around like a like a purse monk or a tofu hermit. Yeah, I'd say below purse monk. Because mm-hmm. you know what? He doesn't dunk, man. No, his dunks suck. His uh, dunks suck. And listen, I, I know that we uh we are given... I think that's the second or third time that Purse Monk has beaten someone st- like solely on the strength of his dunks. But I'm, I'm comfortable entirely with comfortable with that. Yeah, that's 100% fine with me. So not as cool as Purse Monk. Not as cool as Tofu Hermit. Okay, but but, but, but I think cooler than Thunder. Yeah, t- uh, Thunder is directly below Tofu Hermit. I say in between Tofu Hermit and Thunder. Yep, that works for me. So that puts Azuki Arai at spot 26. All right. On the Creature Royale. So, man, I think that's it for us, man. Yeah, that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Kaku Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Um, I, we just got a new five star rating this week. So whoever that was, oh, thanks man. Thank you very much. Uh, there wasn't a review, so I couldn't see like who had left it, but you know who you are. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's what helps new people find the show. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Over Radio. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.